One morning in January of 2013, Sabine Moreau left her home in Belgium for what was to be a 90-minute journey to go see a good friend of hers who lived in the city of Brussels. Two and a half days later, Sabine Moreau had not arrived at her intended destination. Friends and loved ones had become more than concerned. They had called back and forth. They had not been able to reach Sabine. They had notified the authorities, and the authorities had gone about the business of trying to track her down, and they were successful in doing this. They managed to track her using her credit card receipts. What they discovered was that Sabine Moreau had plugged into her GPS system the directions to her friend's place in in Brussels. But there had been an error in the software of the GPS system. As a result, uh, Sabine, who was dutifully following the instructions she was getting from the GPS system, had managed to cross five international borders. She'd stopped along the way to get gas and to take naps. She was getting tired as she went along. She eventually found herself in Croatia, nearly a thousand miles away from where she was trying to go. A Belgian reporter eventually got to her and asked, how did this happen? I mean, really, a thousand miles, Sabine. How did this happen? She said, I just kept going. I I just kept going. I I saw all kinds of signs, first in French and then in German and finally in Croatian, but I continued driving because I was distracted. I was distracted. And when I passed Zagreb, Croatia, I told myself, I really should turn around now. When I first came across this little news item, I just chuckled, as we've just done. I thought, wow, this is a case of human stupidity in 3D. (laughs) And then the more and more I thought about it, the more and more I just reflected on this parable that we have in the life of Sabine Moreau, the more and more I was personally convicted. Think in your own life of how many times you have found yourself far from where you intended to go. Think of the people you know whose whose lives wound up at an unintended destination because along the way they took little turns or they got distracted or they just kept going on a course that was plainly not a helpful or healthy one. I've got a friend who sits in a prison right now because of small choices, little directional turns, none none so large in themselves that they were alarming at the moment, and yet which ultimately sent him to a place he'd never wanted to go and resulted in the damage of a lot of other lives as well. Think how many marriages go south this way. They start out in a good direction, and then they get a little off course. Maybe the participants get distracted, and then they develop a certain pattern and a way of going, and then they just keep going on that and going on that till they find themselves so far away from what they'd planned. Addictions and the other decisions that uh, destroy our physical health often run this way. 
the decay of our character into a pattern of deception, lying, denial, also happens in these tiny incremental ways. Even the decline of a society, if you think about it, or of an entire nation, doesn't happen overnight. It just happens mile by mile, right? Just mile by mile as we go further and further away. And before we know it, we've missed signs or we've ignored them. We've made so many erroneous decisions along the course of the journey. The world's guidance system sometimes doesn't help us in these ways. It often tells us in subtle and overt uh, ways that we should keep on going in this particular direction. We should keep on coddling ourselves, expressing ourselves, advancing ourselves. And like Sabine Moreau, we're presented with so many distractions. It's easy to lose our way. It's easy to keep going and not stop very often to really think about where we are, how we got there, whether we should make any course corrections. And before we know it, we're a thousand miles away from where we planned to be. I just kept going. I saw some signs, but I was distracted. The writer of Proverbs says, there is a a way that seems right to a person. It appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to some place we don't want to go. There's a way that maybe lots of people are traveling. Jesus said the road to destruction is wide, and there are many who are on it. And it seems right. It seems popular. It seems the done thing, and yet it leads to a place that we do not really want to go. The good news, however, is that God meets us in Zagreb. (laughs) The good news that we're trying to talk about in this series is that there is a God who will find us in the far country, who never gives up on us, even when we have stopped paying attention to the signs, is seeking after us, perseveringly, wanting to lead us homeward again. This is the gospel message that Jesus keeps trying to lay out for people. It is first and foremost possible to get right with God again. It's possible to reestablish that alignment with our creator, the one who is our source. And it's that fundamental alignment out of which everything good ultimately comes. Because as we're united with God again, justified and in communion with God again, the power of the Holy Spirit begins to move through us. The way the 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 sap of the vine moves through the branches to bear new fruit. And so God, as he moves in us, can overcome a lot about our character that we could not come overcome in ourselves. Many of us are dealing with issues in our lives. We don't know how to overcome these stubborn habits. The very thing I do not want to do, I do, says the Apostle Paul. Many of us have been there. We're there right now. But God has the power to change us in spite of ourselves if we will stay connected to him. This justification and sanctification process are two critical dimensions of what we call the good news, the gospel. But I'll say it again, the good news is gooder than that. It's gooder than that. Because once we've made the decision to travel through life with God, once we've made that commitment, he will give us a more dependable guidance system than we have been relying on in the past. And we can set our life's course now 
by his reliable truth. And he can help us find our way home and find our way to the ultimate state of flourishing toward which we want to move. And that's what I want to think about with you today. If you know the stories of King David or King Solomon from the Old Testament, then you know that these were extraordinary uh, individuals. Uh, Men who were gifted in remarkable ways with intelligence, talent, bravery, uh, wisdom, a lot of gifts in these men. But you also know, if you know their stories, that at certain points along the way, they got terribly lost, right? They just lost their way entirely, cataclysmically. They got distracted as we get distracted by, by, by all of the temptations and seductions of life to power, to, 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 to sex outside of the covenant, to, to um, a, a, an obsession with how they looked in the eyes of others uh, rather than how they looked in the eyes of God. These, these men got terribly lost. But they ultimately found themselves uh, drawn back into the presence of God. They found God meeting them in their own personal Zagrebs And David would later write, Thy word, Lord, thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. God, I was out there on the highway, I was lost, and you illumined the way for me. You established the blue line I could follow in a fresh way to find my way back into health again. Solomon, his son, would famously say, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in Him with everything that you are and lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways. Acknowledge Him and God will direct your paths. God will take you where you want to go if you put your trust in Him. So David and Solomon, just two of the many disciples we meet in the Scripture, together with the disciples of Jesus, rejoiced that they had discovered what I am going to call today God's positioning system. The ultimate GPS. Now the theological word for this positioning system is is the word revelation. The word revelation. I'm not talking about the book at the end of the Bible. I'm talking about the broader concept of which that book is one Uh, illustration or example or expression. Revelation is revealed truth. Revelation is, is truth for living that we might not have discovered on our own or might not have discovered quickly on our own or might not know is more important than the other things we do discover on our own. Revelation is what God supplies us in the Word of God, in the Bible, in the Scriptures, Revelation is what God can give us in the power of the Holy Spirit, but it will always align with what God has said to us in his scriptures. I just love what the Apostle Paul has to say on this in one of my very favorite verses in the entire Bible, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Paul writes to his young protege, Tim, all scripture is inspired by God. And is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness so that the servant of God, everyone who belongs to God, may be proficient, thoroughly equipped for every good work. 
Now, I want to think about that spectacular uh, encouragement and reminder with you today and unpack it if I can and leave you with some practical handles for why you might take even more seriously than you already are uh, the, the Word of God and the gift this is to you, this GPS God has provided. And the first thing I want to just underline in what Paul has said to us here is that the Word of God is inspired. All Scripture is inspired by God, the text says. Now, what that is saying to us is that not just the sections about Jesus are relevant to us. Not just the New Testament is important to us. Not just the parts that we find it easy to agree with or to follow. In fact, I've always been struck every time we do a baptism and we remind ourselves of the Great Commission, Jesus says, teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Because he knows that if left to our own devices, we're going to pick and choose what we want to follow. And, And yet all of this is inspired by God. God inspires the Bible from cover to cover through a variety of literary forms, through a whole range of of historical viewpoints and cultural interests in some passages that are extremely easy to understand and in some passages that, frankly, I just still go, huh? In passages that we won't fully unravel, we won't fully understand until we stand with Jesus face to face one day and fully know as even now we are known. In all of these passages, God is breathing his life into us. In fact, that's the root word behind the word inspiration, the word spiro, which means breath or spirit. The Bible is God seeking to breathe his life into us. That Bible in your, on the shelf in your house or on the coffee table that hasn't been opened up in a very long time is breathing It's hoping you'll notice. It's God waiting to breathe his life into you and to empower you for all of the possibilities of living. The good news is that you and I have got a source of direction in life that is more reliable than the sources that are out there. It's better than Wikipedia. It is more informative than Reddit. It is more on time than the latest news breaking on the television screen or through the voice of your favorite pundits. You now have personal access to the greatest mind in the universe. Think about that. You, on demand, have access to the greatest intelligence in the universe. Sometimes we look back and we, we envy those disciples that got to walk with Jesus You have access to that intelligence at a level that the disciples didn't have. They had an experience with Jesus. You have access to to God present with Jesus, with Moses, with Sarah, with Adam. You have access to an incredible wealth of insight and inspiration into what God is thinking and doing and calling us to. Now, over the centuries, a lot of people have sought to try and underline why we can trust in the reliability of the Bible. And and the evidence, frankly, for the supernatural inspiration of this text is powerfully compelling. Though compiled across centuries uh, by the writings of people who never knew each other, right? 
who, who had no idea that what they would write down would wind up next to this other section that somebody else in another time wrote down. In spite of all of these different uh, voices in different times and places, the Bible has a message that is strikingly unified in its themes, that is staggeringly accurate in its telling of the way life and people really are, and in its foretelling of events that are to come, and is stunningly relevant to people of every time and generation and culture. It's amazing how missionaries will go into new cultures that have never been penetrated by the Christian faith before, and they'll begin to describe the stories of Jesus and the teachings of the Scripture, and the people will go, oh my gosh, that's so relevant to us. You found us where we live. Some people have even done numerical studies on the Bible. And some of this gets pretty far-fetched and wild. You know, people will try and prove that there are all kinds of hidden codes in the Bible that demonstrate its unique inspiration. A few years ago, I stumbled across one particular little factoid about this that I found uh, fascinating. And I've shared it once before with you. I want to mention it again because it does make you wonder... Do you know what the shortest chapter in the Bible is? The very shortest one? It is Psalm 117. If if you want to start small, start there. You know what the longest chapter in the Bible is? Psalm 119 is the very longest. Can you guess which chapter is the exact center chapter in the Bible? Psalm 118. There are 594 chapters before Psalm 118. There are 594 chapters before Psalm 118. Add up 594 and 594 and you get 1188. 1188. Now what do you suppose is the exact center verse of the Bible. It is Psalm 118, verse 8, 1188. And wouldn't it be interesting if that verse had something significant to say to us? It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll be your GPS. He will direct your paths. It's as if the contents of this book, it really is as if the contents of this book, though compiled over centuries, was sourced by a single brilliant mind. It's like it was breathed by someone larger than history itself. And it was. All Scripture is inspired by God. You have an error-free positioning system available to you. But the news is even better than that. Because this Scripture is not just inspired. This GPS that you've been given is also useful in all of the ways that matter the most. Every day, you and I are besieged by a barrage of of inputs and information right raise your hand if that's true for you you just are almost overwhelmed by it by how much stuff is coming your way 
And just think about the kind of information that comes your way. It's an amazing season of life we live in. You know, I can get the sports course right now just by pulling out my phone and talking to it. Hey, Siri, how are the bears doing? It's not good news, by the way. It's not good news, right? You can get a a constant, up-to-the-date information about Blake Shelton's love life if you want it. Entertainment Tonight will give it to you. Uh, You can get all kinds of of trivia and and humorous videos. Uh, You can get uh, constant supply of... uh, of somebody's observations on the most uh, bizarre topics in, in, in cooking and collecting. Uh, you've got YouTube and Snapchat and CNN and Fox News. They'll give you the not really the news that, that we're still gridlocked in D.C. Uh, you can get all kinds of information, but the question I want to ask you is how useful is it? This which occupies so much of our time. I read recently that kids consume about nine hours of media a day these days. How useful is this, really? Um, what would be useful, I think, is, is, is if we had a guidebook for teaching us the principles that make life work better. That would be useful. If, if I had a guidebook that could teach me uh, how to really make the most of this life, how to pass along time-tested values to, to my family members and to live by them myself, that would be useful. It would be useful to have a voice of truth that gave me reproof, that, that, that rebuked me in the ways that I need rebuking uh, in, a, in a form that I could actually take because when my wife rebukes me, I've got emotional baggage with that. But it would be useful if I had an authoritative source that could challenge me in the ways I needed challenging without all that baggage. It would be useful to have a reliable source of correction when I'm veering off the the track. And, And I do that because I see other people veering off the track, and I think that is the track where they're going. It would be useful to have something that corrected me that gave me a reliable, independent sense of the direction I need to be going in life. It would be useful to have a source for training disciplines that I could use to maintain my connection with Christ even when I wasn't hanging around church people. Uh, if, if I could, it, it would be wonderful to have some insight into some training practices I could use that would build up moral muscle in me so that when I was really under pressure in a particular situation, I'd be prepared for it. I'd be ready for it. So here's the good news. To the extent that you can find no place else, you can take in your hand, you can carry on your phone, you can access wherever you are, even in the middle of the night. If you've got it on your phone, you can do it without even waking up somebody next to you. You have at your disposal... A Bible that is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. The Bible is inspired and it is useful in all of the ways we most need help. Finally, as Paul says in the scripture today, the Bible is supplied to us so that 
the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped, proficient for every good work. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not there yet. There's a lot about my life that is ill-equipped. I still spend a, a great deal of my time and my energy seeking to be efficient and sufficient and omniscient. Think about that. I try to think of of faster ways to get stuff done. I try and be independent and do it on my own terms, and I try and know it all. Efficient, sufficient, omniscient. But in my clearest moments, what I realize I need most is to become more proficient. I want to become a more proficient spouse. I want to be at a place where one day, when I'm not in the room, uh, Amy says, this guy is the This is the best thing that ever happened to me. He has helped me become who I was designed to be. He has been an extraordinary companion to me in life. I would like to grow in even greater proficiency in that way. I would like that to be true of my parenting. I pray that I will become an amazingly proficient parent as the years go by. I know I'm not done yet. I know you're never done really parenting kids. I want to become more and more proficient in encouraging them, in in admonishing and challenging them where they need it, in praying for them. I just want greater proficiency in that part of my life. I want to become unusually proficient in the way I handle conflict because I've got a lot of it. Maybe you do too. I want to become unusually proficient in the way that I handle circumstances that could bolster my pridefulness and feed my ego. I want to be proficient in how I manage my resources and how I encourage other people and how I shape the world for the better. And the Bible, I believe, is the key to building this kind of proficiency. I mean, I know God gives us lots of supplies and and support and sources, but I think the Bible is the key tool for building this kind of proficiency. Because it's God's heart, mind, soul, and strength that we're meeting in the Bible. It's God himself coming to us so that we will be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God has made himself available to you and to me. Maybe you recall the observation of the uh, great uh, 19th century Uh, English preacher C.H. Spurgeon. I just love this observation. I found it to be true that a Bible that is falling apart from use is usually owned by someone who isn't. Falling apart from life's use. On the contrary, the people I've known who truly open the Bible regularly, who've sought to take in the feeding that this word provides, who followed the instructions and the leading of God's Word have been some of the the most put-together people I've known. They've been the opposite of falling apart. They have lived and loved and laughed and learned at a higher level, at a level for which I'm still striving. And they've been people that seldom get as lost as those who are without this equipment. How is it going with you when it comes to taking advantage of what you've been given? How's it going with you? I think that some of us are like Sabine Moreau. We're out there on the road of life doing it on our own. We're going our way. We're distracted. 
We're further from home and from our final destination than we know. We're counting on our own efficiency, sufficiency, or omnisciency, and yet the voice of God is not giving up on us. The voice of God is speaking from a GPS better than the one that we've been using. And he's calling us to a far better kind of proficiency. And this is what he's saying to you. Maybe some of you right this very minute. He's saying recalculating route. Make a U-turn. When safe. Follow this way. Go with me. Let me help you get to where you want to go. And then to lead you all the way home. If you want that kind of guidance, it is as near as your Bible. As close as the Holy Spirit who will speak to you from these pages. And if you have a longing to have that equipment in your life, would you join me in prayer? bow our heads. God, how great the good news of the gospel truly is. That we can get right with you. With your help, overcome our character flaws. And set our course by reliable truth. Thank you that you have given us in your holy word, such inspired, useful equipment. Now send us forth on the road of life to truly employ all the gifts of this wonderful revelation. For it is in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.